What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam has not been traded to the Oakland A's Kalau, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, I actually mean this. How's it going, sir? You actually mean it? Yeah. You like, don't normally? Well, it's just one of those things where it's like that's part of the intro, and you just say it. And, sure. But now it's like I really actually want to know your thoughts about how you're you're feeling in terms of atlanta sports in terms of atlanta i don't really care about you just your your thoughts on atlanta no i just wanted to okay that's good that's good yeah uh i'm excited graham this is the show we've been waiting for for like five months now not that many months four months something like that whenever baseball ended basically yes and the lockout started yes it was also really funny last week we recorded that episode and by the time i get it out which was Two, three o'clock the next day. Baseball lockout's over, and we're talking about, oh, we'll never, you know, who knows if we're going to get baseball back, uh, you know, by June or May. And yeah, now, you, now the season is preserved, everything's fine, everybody's kind of forgotten about it already. And there's been a lot of movement, Graham, which is very fortunate for our users, because last week you were sitting here with your idea, you were so excited about, of us watching the World Series DVD as like big must see, must listen to, uh, podcasting yeah audio commentary you can sync it up with your own dvd copy and listen to us uh, ramble about it well I, I i prefer to talk about the present day graham which is what we can do today yeah let's let's start with the braves in all seriousness and talk about the the biggest move of um alex anthopolis's career as the general manager of the braves he traded for matt olson matt olson was the first baseman of the athletics had a fantastic um, last season, slugged like 540, hit 39 bombs, um, was worth 5.8 war. and um, But with doing that, it means that the Freddie Freeman era is over because there's no way you're going to have both those guys in the roster play the same position, even with the DH. Um, it's just too much money um, for us to do that. So this is a clear move indicating that the Freddie Freeman era is over and the Matt Olson era has begun. Um, I almost, I mean, we, we've talked about this being a, th- a potential thing for months ever since Freddie, you know, entered free agency and that if you lose Freddie Freeman, this is the only acceptable uh, outcome. But I, I still almost collapsed in my kitchen uh, yesterday when I got that text from, from you guys on the, on the sports thread about bye bye Freddie, I was like, "What?" In the f-? Like I almost fell. Over. I broke the news to you. Yeah, That's I almost good. I almost fainted. Yeah, because I usually when I charge my phone, I leave it in another room. And uh, I came into the I can't remember why I was going to the kitchen, but I was looking at my phone, and the first thing I see is bye bye Freddie, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was just fell over. But so it's interesting the timing of how it happened as well. Like in my mind, I pictured if Freddie leaves, that that signing would be introduced first because you got these sports writers as I've been harping on for a year now, that could just say per sources and just throw out whatever bullshit. Like per so many sources last week, Freddie was supposed to be signed on Friday. And now here we are sitting on Tuesday and he's still not signed. So I was expecting the Freddie domino to fall first. Yeah. And then it would everything would kind of go after that. So because of the timing, when I saw the trade for Olsen, like my first thought was, oh shit, Freddie's gone. I feel sad. Whereas if it had been the other way, 
where we knew we lost Freddie, and then it's like, all right, we got we got to make this Olsen thing happen, otherwise we're screwed and we're rocking with Anthony Rizzo. Then I feel like the instant reaction would be a lot more excitement from Braves country for bringing in Matt Olson, but because you know the signing just was indicating that Freddie's gone, that's why I think initially there was a lot of. Um, you know, people are just mad and upset at Alex Anthopoulos and Liberty Media like they're going to do no matter what happens, no matter how many World Series we win. But uh, it's interesting timing, Graham, the way it played out. Yeah, and we don't know really the true story unless something's come out in the last four or five hours um, why we didn't re-sign Freddie. Apparently there were, you know, an offer was on the table to Freddie. And it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. And then Anthopoulos had to make the decision to either, you know, wait on Freddie or move on Olsen. And, you know, with the Yankees also wanting Freeman or potentially trading for, for Olsen, um, you know, and who knows what the Dodgers are doing. We know the Dodgers have extended a deal to, uh, to Freddie. Freddie's still a free agent as of this recording. Uh, he had to make a move, he felt like, and he certainly did, um, bringing in probably the second best first baseman in baseball. And I feel so much better about it today after, as we now know as well, we instantly gave him an eight-year extension. So it's, yeah. so it's none of this bullshit worrying about, did we give up all these prospects for two years of him and then we're worrying about it um, two years down the road? And Anthopoulos just nipped that in the bud. He sa- And he said on the radio today that he like did that on – like wanted to get that done instantly just for like the sake of the clubhouse. Yeah. I'm sure he's thinking about the fans as well. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I really think Freddie's camp screwed this up. Like, the Braves offered him the five-year contract for the amount of money he wanted. He turned it down. Do we know like, that? Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that was out for, there a while For ago. the amount of money he wanted? I yeah. know he was offered a five-year, like, $135 million, which is a little more than the Goldschmidt deal. But I never heard he got the offer he wanted from the Braves. That's, that's what I've been hearing around the rumor. I don't think anyone has confirmed that. I really want to know what exactly happened i don't think anyone knows except for you know obviously freddie his agent Anthopoulos, uh, and the brace front office um i would like to know 100 percent what the facts are there i mean also like we still don't know what it is like what he's going to sign for is someone going to give him six years i don't think anyone's going to give him six years. well if someone gives him six years i mean especially now that the braves are out of the running it's kind of easier like he's oh, lost yeah. some of his negotiating right tech. Be- right because he kept saying, I want to go back to the Braves, go back to the Braves. Um, the Braves kept saying, we want to have Freddie back. I don't know if Freddie's camp screwed up. I would say the Braves certainly screwed up by not, if you you know were in the camp of wanting Freddie Freeman to stay here, they, they certainly screwed up by not getting a deal done before he hit free agency. That almost doomed the situation. Or at least it made it probable that Freddie would not return because now there was just you know more teams that could pursue him. And when you add more variables to a scenario, the outcome that, you know, you're looking for isn't so clear cut and we are where we are now. Um, so I really want to know what the facts are. I'm, I'm really fascinated um, and, and wanting to know about that. And we should talk about real quick, or unless you have one more th- anything else to say on just the deal. Yeah, itself. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I'm happy that, Anthopolis was proactive to this whole thing and not reactive. Like, you know, they've had an offer out there to Freddie for a while and we can't sit around like it's, we're three weeks from baseball, you know? Yeah. Um, so to lock in a first baseman that, you know, of similar talent to Freddie, 
that's four years younger at a average value, uh, like seven or 8 million less a year than any Freddie deal would have been. Yeah. It's, Pretty phenomenal. It's another long-term Anthopolis deal. Eight years, $168 million for a player of that caliber is pretty impressive to, to pull off. You know, he's done it with Ozzy, you know, a, a, an absolute steal. He did it with Acuna, which was another really big steal. This Olsen deal is the largest free agent deal in Braves history now, superseding the, the Freddie Freeman deal from 2014. But <clears throat> it's fascinating to me, how he's been able to do this to secure three top-tier players like that in these deals. Um, the dude's a wizard at the end of the day in terms of manipulating the available funds we have to ensure we have a competitive baseball team. You know, I recognize how huge Freddie has been to this organization for the last, what, 12 years now? 2010 yeah, was well, his rookie season. Drafted in 2007, made his debut in 2010. But... At the end of the day, like, I personally never felt comfortable giving him as many years as he wanted. And if it's a direct, like, look at the way the Falcons have done business recently, where they do get, they let nostalgia get in the way, they let falling in love with the player get in the way of making what is probably the better deal for the organization with, like, your Devontae Freeman deals, letting Julio do whatever the hell he wanted to with his contracts, the Matt Ryan extension, Versus, yes, not having Freddie. Like, I, I worry about what this is going to do for the clubhouse, his leadership ability, what he meant to a lot of the young players. He's still a great player, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. And he was going to be, he's definitely going to be great for a few more years. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way this has turned out. It's going to be fascinating to watch Olsen versus Freddie. It's going to be like Trey Young versus Luca. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the camp of ever. I'm going to boo Freddie. Like, that's, no. that's not me at all. Um, I, I also realized, hey, if Freddie wanted to be here, he'd be here. So I want to talk to you real quick about this whole Freddie thing and what you said about is this, that we made the better deal for the organization. Now, let's say we had signed Freddie to like a six-year, $200 million deal or something like that. Yes, it's more money, but we had to give up a lot of prospects for uh, Matt Olson. And... Even though I would say Olsen will probably be a better player than Freddie Freeman in two years. He also had a better season than Freddie last year overall. If you look at war, if you look at slugging percentage, home runs, OPS. Um, but those guys that we gave up, uh, you know, it's Christian Pache, Shea Lingaliers, Ryan Kusick, and Joey Estes. Um, the two guys in there that I was uh, sort of not upset, but I was like, damn, I, I really wanted to see those guys, was Langoliers, who has pretty much unanimously been believed to be our best prospect. Just be a great catcher. Um, and uh, Ryan Kusick, who was our 2021 number one overall draft pick, who's apparently a flamethrowing pitcher, 99-mile-an-hour heater, great slider. Um, so he needs to develop a lot before he sees the big leagues. But, you know, obviously a lot of potential there. Um, so I'm curious about that in terms of what we gave up for what we're getting in terms of was that really the best decision for the organization? Well, with Langoliers, first of all, like his, some people still question his bat a little bit. Like mm-hmm. they, they see him, and this is coming from Scott Coleman, who like with um, well now they call themselves Battery Power. Battery Power, yeah. Um, who kind of knows Braves prospects more than anyone out there. Uh, he compares him more to like a young Tyler Flowers, potentially than like a Buster Posey bat. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that could be wrong, but it's also trading from a position of strength because a we're locked in with Darno. 
and Pena for two years. That's true. And we have Contreras as well in AAA who could be the better bat than Langoliers. Yeah. So while I agree with you that that one hurt, you can justify that we're fine there. No problem. Um, with Cusick and the, um, what was the other pitching uh, Joey Estes, who I'm not familiar with at all. Yeah, I mean, Estes, I heard, he's like kind of the same deal, 95, 96 mile an hour fastball, big slider, um, has more to develop as well. He's only like 20. But, you know, pitching prospects, you never know. Right. Fulte was a flame-throwing sure. right-hander as well. So, like, yeah, is it going to hurt if you look back and both of them hit or all four of those are studs for the A's, kind of like the to share a trade that everyone wants to compare this to? Yes, it would hurt. But we've also had people complaining for years that we need to trade some of these prospects. So Right. But I think it was a situation where you could have avoided that and still had, you know, kept the, the a lot of the strength of your farm system intact by also bringing back Freddie um, had they been able to get a deal done. It's just interesting to think about because you can definitely argue. I could see the argument for both sides of this. I could see the argument if you're getting younger at first base and you're getting – a guy who's really freaking good, who had a better season than Freddie last year, has more power. Um, I mean, I could see, you know, he hit, I think, 25 of his 39 home runs last year in Oakland at the home stadium. That's a pitcher's paradise in there. Yeah. The truest Park's a launching pad. If he produces the same power numbers this year, he could be hitting 50-plus home runs. Um, you know, his slugging percentage could be 650 or something insane. Um, I don't know about that latter uh, point, but he, he could he could hit fifty home runs if he if he plays as good as he did last year in terms of the power. Um, the defensive metrics also favor uh, Olson as well. So it's like as we talked about at the top of this thing, the only way I would I would be able to forgive letting Freddie go is, would be to get Olson. So I mean I can forgive it. It really hurt me yesterday though because I, I love Freddie. He's my all time favorite modern day Brave. Might be my all time favorite Brave. Um, and it, I had multiple times yesterday where I almost just broke down and started crying. Like I was, I had tears in my eyes for like from about three o'clock to six thirty. I was just sitting there just thinking about Freddie, um, and I, I was I was heartbroken for him not to be able to still see him play out the rest of his career in a Braves uniform. But it's a business. What are you going to do? Thank God we won the World Series. How much would it suck if we hadn't won the World Series? And then Freddie gets away. Well, that's the beautiful thing about it as well. His last. Swing for the Braves was a home run in game six of the World Series, and his last defensive play was catching the final ball to win the World Series. So I I always wonder if we had not won, would he have been more motivated to come back? Probably. Or does he kind of feel like, hey, I did my thing? Uh, we, like, it's it's so strange that we still don't know where he's going. No. Pray to God it's the AL East, the AL, like, apparently every team except the Orioles is on him now. Right, and the AL East, and then... I'd love him to go to Tampa. I like Tampa or Toronto, you know. Or Toronto, that'd be great. Um, just not not the Dodgers. San Diego's apparently getting in there now. Who the hell knows? Yeah, it's gonna it's a bidding war. I Rumors mean, if, mean, mean nothing anymore. No, if anything, it's the, probably gonna end up with the Royals. Yeah, you were just talking about leverage, but I could I would also argue that maybe Freddie has more leverage now because he can attract more suitors. Well, people. Well, now that people know Olsen's off the table as right. well, um, and so many so many teams need a need a good first baseman. Like yeah. we talked about Dodgers, Yankees, Blue Jays, Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious. To, like, if he does end up getting, like, a five-year, $130 million deal, I'll be like, what the hell? Yeah, then I'll be like, what? what? Yeah, I'll be in the same boat. But it takes, um, takes two sides to tango. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, I can totally understand Freddie being like, fuck it, because y'all didn't extend me when you should have. Yeah. I could, I could, I totally get that mindset. And, you know, there's a part of me that says, you know, fuck Liberty Media. But it's also, we have to remember, the Braves only work with the funds that the Braves make. Liberty Media can't pump in external resources um, from their other ventures, business ventures, into the Braves' payroll. It's all about the battery. It's all about the team revenue. Um, so, But they definitely still had enough revenue to sign Freddie with how much money they made on last year and how much money they're going to make this year. Um, season tickets are apparently been sold at the highest rate since like 2000 or something like that. So, I mean, this organization is going to make a lot of money. So... I would be upset if we couldn't, unless it was like something insane, like a $210 million deal. No. But if it was like anywhere between 180 to 195, maybe even 200, I'd, I'd be upset because this team, this, this organization has a shit ton of money at this point. We're still not going to go about it the, maybe the way we, we could in terms of, 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 of blowing that money on a lot of players. But, um, that, that can't be an excuse to me. I don't think you can blame anyone currently in the organization or Freddie for the way it went down. It's just weird, and I, no one expected it to happen like this. But you know who I can blame? Hmm. Let's blame Frank Wren. Interesting. He gave Freddie the initial extension, right? Yes. What was it, a seven-year deal? I think it was an eight-year deal. Eight-year deal? Yeah. That he had expire when he's 32, 33? Yeah. So say he gave him a five-year deal, he would have been a free agent when he was like 29 or 30. It's a no-brainer. We lock him up for six, seven years. You could look at it that way. And, and then but he, he does a couple one-year contracts like Chipper did at the end. But see, the, the things like that, like Chipper, the players like Chipper who will take less money, that doesn't exist anymore. I feel like the whole... I feel like. The lockout and the, the new collective bargaining agreement probably also affected this because there's, there's probably players chipping... In Freddie's ear, like, get what you can. Oh, like, yeah. Don't take team-friendly deals. That's not something people are interested in anymore. No, exactly. Like, the days of Chipper, you know, restructuring his contract to allow the Braves to pursue more free agents is over. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, for better or worse, I guess, depending on your perspective. Yeah, I'm kind of the end of the uh, Freddie era and officially making it the Acuna era. Yeah, Acuna is now definitely the face of the Braves. Um, and... He looked really good taking spring training hacks uh, the other day. I guess we should talk more about <laughs> other Braves news before we move on. Wait, the bigger thing that we didn't mention there is with doing this deal versus just straight up re-signing Freddie, mm-hmm. we got about $15 million to spend. At least. This offseason still. That would not have been the case. No. But so that that's just the Braves putting a number on it. They can spend almost whatever they want this offseason. Well, that's not the reality of the situation. But, but that's because they choose to not do it. This team has so much freaking money after that last year. Sure. But the point is they wouldn't be signing potentially like one player for $15 million right now where they No, now. but the, the problem is also that you have multiple holes you need to fill. You need another outfielder. I'd argue you need another starting pitcher. Um, so I'll be interested to see how far Anthopolis can stretch the checkbook to uh, – you know, fill those fill those holes. We know that Jorge Soler is still out there. 
apparently, according to rumors from Hector Gomez, uh, God, I just hate citing rumors, but that's pretty much all we can go on. I uh, thought Hector Gomez died. No. Okay. That was a different guy. I know you're talking about... The guy who used to cover Barry Bonds? That was Pedro Gomez. Got it, got it, got Yeah, it. Pedro Gomez died. Hector Gomez is still around. Okay. Uh, Hector Gomez is saying that, uh, that the Marlins and the Braves are trying to... Um, Sign Solaire, they are the clear suitors, but who the hell knows? Well, then you hear the true. Dodgers are in it. Yeah, rumors are dumb. Yeah, exactly. But I would say I would love to bring back Solaire still, like we've talked about a million times. On the, the discipline was there. I don't think this World Series run is a one-off. This guy proved down the stretch that he was um, you know, an excellent addition to the team, um, his on-base ability and his power. So I would, I would really like to bring him back. Deficient, defensive deficiencies be damned. I don't, I don't really I don't really care, honestly. I hear you. I think, though, if you just look at this roster, Rosario makes more sense. I don't think as, Rosario... As a left-handed hitter and a better defender. Y- yes, we, but we, he's Olsen's older. our he's, only left-handed hitter besides Ozzy sw- switch hitting. Right, I would, but I would say Rosario, he's never going to go another run like that. You know, he's not going to be prone. He's older. I, I'm not as interested in Rosario, even though I, I recognize what you're saying. I just don't think he's going to be as productive as, as people think he will be, um, particularly due to his injury history. I don't, I, don't, I don't trust him in that respect, and I don't think he will ever play as well as he did um, in the NLCS or even at the end of um, the season last year. But that's just, that's just me. I, I could be totally wrong about that. But, yeah, the Braves still have moves to make. This, this, this offseason is not over. Um, we could definitely see us. We have to get another outfielder, and I think we could certainly add another reliever or a starter or both. Bullpens. Oh, here we go, Graham. What happened? Do you have breaking news? Dun, dun, dun. You've got breaking news. You, what were you just hoping for, Graham? Uh, reliever starting pitcher slash Jorge Soler. You got one. Jorge Soler? No. Damn it. Uh, the Atlanta Braves today signed... Right-handed pitcher Colin McHugh. Ooh, I like it. Oh yeah, to a two-year contract worth ten million guaranteed. Very good pitcher with a six million club option for twenty twenty-four. That's interesting. So he could be a starter or reliever. Yes, he kind of played uh, both roles for Tampa Bay last year. Um, he had a really, really good season. Um, he had a 155 ERA and 64 innings and a .94 whip um, and with 74 strikeouts. So, you know, he, he, he is a really solid pitcher who can fulfill multiple roles for you. I like this move a lot. Um, I think our bullpen is set with, with this move. Very, very good move by Anthopolis. I didn't even realize he was a free agent. Yeah, no, I see him maybe starting out as a starting pitcher. And then shifting to the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I think... He's going to be what we wanted Drew Smiley to be last year, maybe. Yeah. As, like, the veteran innings eater. Mm-hmm. He's been a very solid pitcher over the last four seasons. Only really had a bad year in 2019. All his other years, he's been really solid since 2017. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this deal. Tampa Bay's pitching coaches always seem to, you know, get a little extra out of, out of people as well. And they, they tend to take those lessons they learned and, and apply it to other teams they go to. Charlie Morton being one of those, even though I know he was a veteran when he went there. I'm very excited for Colin McHugh. He adds a lot of depth to our bullpen and potentially a rotation. So, really nice move by Alex. That's great. Yeah. And, like, with our keep in mind with our bullpen, 
Kirby Yates we got coming back. Like, yeah, we still don't know when he's going to be able to come back from that Tommy John. But, but I like the veterans out there. And yes, Darren O'Day is uh, minor league contract. Yeah, yeah. So there's like I feel like as many veterans as we can trickle in there, especially now that Freddie's gone, just for leadership in the clubhouse. Yes, is great. Yes. So who who becomes a new clubhouse leader is my question. Is it Charlie Morton? Is it Austin Riley? Is it Acuna? Like I wouldn't. I feel like Acuna and Ozzy, they're they're like bringing the energy, but they're they're not those leaders yet. Right. So I think as far as like offensive players, it's probably Darno. Okay, I could see that. And then yeah, and the bullpen. I know, I've I've heard Will Smith is a great leader down there. Uh, obviously Morton. You know, I would like. Part of me would like to bring back Peterson, Jock, mm-hmm. for that clubhouse presence. Jock Peterson did retweet a rumor saying that he was looking at a $10 million deal. He's such a that. troll, though, <laughs> He is man. a troll. He's such From a the troll. Braves. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I don't know where he's going to go. So, like, I, I am starting to think about that a little bit. I mean, Jock Peterson helped turn that team around last year. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, you you look at this this Hawks roster and where they're at with their lack of veterans and, like, the guys, like, we've – Talked about last week with the Solomon Hills of the world. Like, those guys matter. So, like, Heredia, he's a locker room leader, oh, yeah. believe it or not. No, he's very important. Um, I, w- I would say, though, that one of the advantages that the this Braves unit, even though they're pretty young overall, has over the Hawks is that they've been around guys who know how to lead. Brian McCann, Freddie Freeman, um, players like that. So, I, I think that the younger guys will be able to, to – somebody's going to step up and be that leader. Um, if it's not Darno, for example, I could see Austin Riley eventually getting into that role. I could see Ozzy Albies getting into that role, honestly. Ozzy's very outspoken. Everybody respects the shit out of him. He calls people out on their shit. Yeah. I mean, I could see Ozzy Albies honestly becoming the, the leader of that club. Hell, I mean, too. all these guys are – like, Dansby's, what, a 27-, 28-year-old guy? Dansby now? could potentially you know? be a leader. I mean, like, I think you have a number of, of been people around that since Turner Field. Up. Right. Um, so – it's uh, it's, I think it's all exciting. It's it's strange, but I, f- I feel good about where this team is right now. I would I would agree. I would agree, and I'm really excited to see Olson. Um, because I mean I've only really heard about it. I haven't really watched him. You know, you just always hear Matt Olson's a beast, and you watch highlights, and you're like yeah, he hits the ball really far, and apparently, really cut down on his strikeout rate um, last year. Went from like striking out, I think twenty over twenty percent of the time to only thirteen percent. So it's it's it, he's also you know getting better as an overall hitter, getting better at getting on base, and then the power's always been there. So it's like he he's still probably not even done becoming as good as he can be yet. So one thing I like about Olson that I've heard so far is there's going to be the comparisons to Freddie with him. It's inevitable for a while. Yeah, and from the get go, he has said, "Look." You know, I respect the hell out of Freddie Freeman. He's an unbelievable player. I'm not coming in to be Freddie Freeman. I'm coming in here to do Matt Olson things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, he said that. So that's that's yeah. like a bit of cockiness, which you kind of like to see. He's like, look, I'm Matt Olson. I'm yeah. going to be Matt Olson. Right. So I I, th- I think that's a great sign. And, and Thopolis has touched on the clubhouse aspect as well. And, like, apparently they're not going to bring in anyone who doesn't mesh. So. Yeah, I mean, Anthopoulos has, has said ever since he's gotten here that having, you know, good clubhouse guys is, is 
extremely important ever since he saw the Orioles celebrating the NLE's title um, over when he was with the Blue Jays, and he was like, we have a much better team you know, on paper than the Orioles, what the hell? And then he realized, well, the locker room chemistry isn't that great. So that's a really yeah. important thing for me going forward. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know that that's got to check out for him, for sure, and especially when you're making such a huge – you know, for the Braves, at least a huge uh, extension with Olsen. I mean, that that's that says a lot about um, his character and how the Braves uh, value him. Yeah, it's good stuff, Graham. Yeah. Really happy to dive into actual... Yeah, baseball talk. Baseball talk. Um, Marcelo Zuna is, is back, Adam. Yes, he is. Um, how do you feel about that? I feel fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take out the moral issues I have uh, uh, around it. I'm just going to talk about my concern with him now is if something like this happens again with his wife. Because this has happened multiple times with them. Mm -hmm. And I just worry about some other incident occurring. And then he gets suspended. And then we're on the hook for more money. That's I'm going to stop approaching it from a moral issue because I have... You know, we've talked about I have a moral issue with this, so I, there's nothing I can do about it. But I'm more concerned about him doing something again that further hurts the team at this point. So that, that's the thing I'm kind of on the lookout for. You know, I know he's been raking in the Dominican League, and you know, I, I hope he plays well. But it's also like, you know, if you it, well, if anything he, else happens, like he's done. Yeah, but so we're like, going to be on the hook for that. I would yeah, but try I, to find a willing trade partner potentially, so you don't have to worry about this shit. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Who knows. Um. Because if you, you know, people that are, in a, you know, go through abusive relationships, whether they're the victim or the, the abuser or both or whatever, the shit happens repeatedly. It's not just a one-off thing. So, I, so I they're just still worry married. About it. Yes. Mm. So I just worry about uh, something else happening that, you know, what if it's worse than what happened? Or even if it's not worse, you know, it's, it's just more shit. Well, right? let, let them rake for a couple months and then uh, trade them once Acuna's back. Maybe. I'm I'm surprised, honestly, that uh, they're saying Acuna's not going to be ready till late May. You see him just crushing bombs out there. I think the they other said day. he's not going to be ready to play the field until late May. Remember, we have the Universal DH. I know that's why I'm yeah. saying that. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. what I'm saying. Very good. Yeah, so maybe that'll come into play. Yeah, because he he was just like you know doing his cocky Acuna shit yesterday, hitting bombs, and then he was like, "I'm back," and they just walked off. I mean, that's why you got to go out and get a Solera Rosario or. Michael yes. Conforto or somebody. Conforto and, and Adam Duvall can't be our center fielder all year. So I, I don't no. know what we're doing there. Yeah. Pa- Pache, who we didn't even mention, was in that trade. Like, he could have been our starting center fielder. He could. And I know a lot of people want to give up on Pache, but he only had like 90 career at-bats. And he's like 21 or 2 or something. I mean, he was very much still in development. We saw that he wasn't ready last year. Yeah. So that's another guy who could potentially become a great player. But – you know what? There's the thing about uh, the prospects, trading prospects. Prospects are unknown. When you trade prize prospects for, you're, you're trading prospects for, you know, hopefully as guaranteed of an outcome as you can possibly get. And Matt Olson is a guaranteed really good ball player. Those other guys, we have no idea what they're going to be. Yeah, and there, there's really no place for them right now. Yeah, so. and, and then the comparisons to the Teixeira trade are silly because one, that Braves 2017 was that was a desperate move. That team wasn't going anywhere. They had no good starting pitching really, um, outside of like Smoltz. So, and then 
we didn't do anything to re-sign Teixeira, so he was there for another year, and we traded him in, in the in, before the deadline. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, Teixeira was open from the get-go. He's testing free agency. Yeah, and so, so, and so like, you've extended Olsen. Yeah. You also have a team that just won the world championship who's coming back to, you know, who could potentially run it back. So it's a completely different scenario. Desperate team in 2007, didn't, hadn't won shit for a couple of years, versus great team in 2022 and just won the World Series. And also extended the the player they trade a lot of prospects for. Yeah, now like we've just got this core of really young guys locked up for a long time now. Yeah, like, we Cunha, got younger. Yeah, Cunha, Ol- uh, Olson, Ozzy, Riley, Riley. Um, it's exciting. That's Michael good. Harris coming up. Soon. I'm really looking forward to seeing Michael Harris. See, and thank God he wasn't traded. That was the thing I was worried about is that if you were going to trade for Olson, that you would have to give up Harris. I'm glad that Harris was not involved in that deal. I feel like Harris is like he's like on. Acuna level of untouchable. Yeah, with how quickly he's rising through the I kind of thought Langoliers was there, mm-hmm. but obviously not. And don't forget about Drew Waters. Like, I feel like we've kind of written Drew Waters off a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people are saying his bat just is not there um, right now. That's not to say that can change. But, yeah, yeah he was – he and Pache were talked about constantly. And now the opinion on Lars has definitely cooled off. So maybe he'll do something. I'm excited to see – like spring training starts like tomorrow, I think actual games. We can see uh, some some box scores, Graham. Yeah, turn on the old six eighty the fan app and listen to the game. Adam, let's talk about the Falcons, America's team. Weird stuff going on with the Falcons, Graham. Lots of contract extensions. Let's start there. We got Jake Matthews, everyone's favorite offensive tackle. Um, who just signed a three-year extension. Adam, three year, more years we'll have of, of Jake Matthews. And um, I think this move signified to me that the Falcons will not rebuild or, or do a traditional rebuild like, like we've been talking about that might be a better uh, option for them to do because Jake Matthews is definitely one of the guys that you would potentially try to trade to accrue draft capital. Um, so this says to me that the Falcons are interested in continuing to do this one foot in, one foot out kind of mentality. Try to extend, restructure um, the guys that they have that they value, that are good players or great players, and try to move that money around so that they can go out and, and, and get a couple of maybe decent free agents or something, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, he was the first domino to fall in that respect. Well, I think with Matthews, Matthews is a little different than – because the contract's, like, not crazy. No, it's not crazy. But he, it was just, like, this extension tells me that there's just no interest in, in doing the rebuild. But he, he's also, like – I recognize he was drafted high, so everyone expects him to be, like, a top five tackle in the league, which he's not. But he's a steady performer, and that's by far one of the weakest uh, – points of our team the offensive line yeah so like if we were to lose him oh it becomes a nightmare you can't you can't, you can't just build from scratch yeah i mean matt know? ryan's been sacked at least 40 times the last four seasons that he's been taking into account the, main, the amount of times he's hit but at least you know jake matthews he's not really part of the problem as much there yeah so um, you got matthews and lindstrom right and uh you need to add a few more guys but yes. like if you lose matthews then it's like where the hell do you start right Right. So, and I, I think that saved us some cap room for this year as yes, well. Yes, it did. 
So it, it makes sense. He's also very durable. He's only missed like what one or two games or something since yeah. 2014. So um, I think he started like 127 of 129 or 28 games. So I mean, very durable player, very solid player. Um, it, it, it just upset me though because I was like, God, why are we still doing this? And then we had, you know, why are we still trying to put somewhat of a team together? Let's just blow it up, man. But no, never will. So, so you never just want to be terrible for like eight years. I want to be terrible this year and 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 next year. You can't. Like, how are you going to build an offensive be- line in three years? Because you trade people for draft picks. You have big, nice drafts, <laughs> and then you have, you could have more than like eight or nine draft picks per season. You have big, big drafts where you have like. 14, 15 picks or something. So you want to be the Jaguars? I, w- well, I want to be just the... blow first-round picks year after year. No, you don't blow it. You, you, you hit on them. You mm. do this in order How do you to do hit that? on them. With good scouting and a good general so, so you think you're going to... So you want a first-round draft pick for Jake Matthews. I'm not saying you're going to get a first-round draft pick. So you want a third-round draft pick for Jake sure. Matthews to then try to draft another offensive lineman that the odds of him being better than Jake Matthews are low? You, we don't know. But the thing is, is that one thing we so do know, Adam, hope. with this core, we ain't want to win anything. It's just a waste of everyone's time. You can still keep some players that are fine NFL players. Yes, you but when you're spending $23 million on Jake Matthews this year. This year? Yes. Well, what are you going to do, Graham? Yeah, it'll go down a little bit because of this extension. But it's still like... It's still a lot of money to be paying someone for a team that isn't going anywhere, who has no wide receivers, that who has no problem. running back. I don't care about the running backs as much. I do, because we're such a one-dimensional offense. Well, we, we, and the thing is, is we're not going to compete for anything. So why try to extend these people? And I don't, I don't get it. Well, the Tom Brady news really derailed any plans I had for next year. But even then... What a jerk. Yes, what a jerk for Tom Brady coming back. But even then, I didn't care. Because at best, you're going to win a shitty NFC South with a 7-10 and 10 record and get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. Who cares? You bring some excitement back to Falcons I don't. I don't want excitement, Adam. I, I want, want butts in the seats. I want, there will be no butts in the seats. I want pain and suffering, but for the right reasons. I don't want pain and suffering... Because we have a super mediocre football team. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I'd rather go 2-14 and 14 for the next two or three seasons and build up my drafts and trade away my good players and say we're going to just take it on the chin, we're going to suck, but we're going to make the right decisions to put us back in the land of prominence. Get a rookie quarterback on a deal so that we can actually be able to build around him as opposed to having to uh, you know, make compromises because we're giving him so much money. What if you can't get a great rookie quarterback and he's Mitchell Trubisky with the Bears? But, Adam, are you are you satisfied with what we're doing right now? Are you satisfied with the last four seasons of – five seasons of Falcons football? No, it's been bad, but I, I, I'm also not convinced you know how to build a franchise either. It's not me. I'm just saying, though, it's just that – There's just so many teams that have tried to do what you, you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, and some of them have and worked and, and some of them work. have not. I'm not saying it's a surefire thing. I'm just saying I'd rather see that than seeing what we have seen for the last five seasons. Bullshit. I, I'm, I'm content with – Feeling excited like this last year, I was excited about football. But until it the was last a game. bad team. That's fine. 
It's not. It's I'm, unacceptable. I, I, I can't be a two-win team for five years. Crap. You just talked about how the and this will be five years. You just talked about how nostalgia is a bad thing, and it's led the Falcons down a path of destruction. Well, that's because of player Jake Matthews is a nostalgia thing that you could see that as a, a smart football move for I the future. Yes, but it's still paying a guy. Like you, you know, you I'm, have to pay offensive line. I know. I don't want to pay anybody. Just pay people nothing. <laughs> That's the, that doesn't work. It does work because then you, if you get rid of Jake Matthews and get rid of all these guys, there's also like a base salary floor that you have to hit in the NFL. Yes, you yes. can't not pay anybody. I know, you, but you, you don't have to Reds. pay them twenty million dollars. I don't understand, Grant. <laughs> you get rid of them. Get rid of anyone who's good and get draft picks for them. But you literally have to spend. Uh, like there's a minimum amount of money that you have to spend in the NFL. It's not twenty three. So you would rather spend. So say you you spend money on no one, and then you have to sign the football equivalent of Guillermo Heredia and, so pay, be it. and pay him. Put 30, Guillermo Heredia at have, running back. I don't but, give a shit. But then you have to pay him thirty million dollars. No, you like, have to pay him thirty million. Your your logic. There's is a base here. salary. It's you, not thirty million dollars. But like if you if you spend the minimum on everybody, somebody you're gonna have to pay a shit ton. You're going to have to pay somebody... You can't pay everybody the minimum. Because players are going to get what they're worth. But we don't have to keep holding on to these guys and, and continue to run in place. That's what we're doing. That's what we'll continue to do. We'll see. I mean, if, if, if that's what we were doing, we would have would not have just let um, Foyer walk. You know? Yes. And we would have re-signed Russell Gage. Yes. And he's gone. Right. So particularly Foyer, I mean these guys don't have any. You know they didn't draft Jake Matthews, right? But the problem is, is that we can't resign Foyer because we have so much other money tied up into people. Foyer was a very solid. He made a lot of money. Yes, that would have been a dumb, dumb move. It would have been a dumb move for us. Given our current cap situation, given our current cap situation, if we weren't so screwed by giving a lot of money to Jake Matthews and Matt Ryan and Grady Jarrett. Then maybe we could have Foyer. But guess who signed him to that much money? Jaguars. A loser franchise. Yeah. That's been terrible forever. Because they approach things in a poor way. They always have. They don't draft well. They they sign free agents that are they give way too much money to to free agents like Foyer. Foyer's career is probably gonna go die in Jacksonville now. <laughs> Poor bastard. I'm just saying there are ways to rebuild. And there are ways to and then there, there are the wrong ways to rebuild. And Jacksonville has continued to prove that they don't know how to do it. I'm just saying I think we could do it if we had the balls to. But at least, even if we spectacularly failed, I would like to see a different approach. I mean, I think just the fact that we literally don't have any wide receivers right now kind of shows you that they are trying to rebuild. Granted, it's only day one of free agency. Things could drastically change. Right. But it doesn't sound like we're going to bring back Patterson, we're not going to no. pay him, and which I think is fine because I, even though I really liked Quarterell last year, the last five games or so, he really dropped off the face of the planet. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, happened? I think he kind of lost his money from us there. It was really weird, um, and but he wasn't getting the opportunities either. But it was like, "Why isn't he?" And this is very strange. But yeah, Russell Gage is gone. He went to the Bucks. Uh, we extended Youngway Koo for like five years for twenty three million dollars. Uh, it's it was a really interesting deal to me. I haven't seen a kicker extended like that since I think Justin Tucker signed like an eight-year deal with the Ravens. Yeah, he's now the second highest paid kicker behind Tucker, which that's not great. No, but I like 
and, I, and he's the heart and soul of this. We team, know, though. yeah. We both really like you, especially love Young Wei Koo. You'd, you'd probably be best man at his wedding if he were to to marry someone. He's a stud. Yeah, but he's he's, he's the he face wor- of the franchise. That's ridiculous. Your kicker shouldn't be the face of your franchise. But <laughs> I mean, I can't really agree with that. I'm sorry. Signing a kicker a five year deal, it's kind of crazy. Not to say kickers are a dime a dozen. We've seen plenty of kickers lose football games. And you're like, why doesn't that team have a better kicker? But I don't think, even though he's been great, I just don't think that's really a priority for me right now. Yeah, it's a strange move. That's a strange move. I can't really... What if Fontenot is just terrible? It's possible. It's entirely possible. <laughs> what we if we hired the worst ever GM candidate we, in the world? We don't know what to really expect from Terry. Terry hasn't been here long enough for us to really fully evaluate him. I mean, it's going to... Until we get out of this um, salary cap hell we're in, we're not going to know what kind of GM he He gets be. three drafts. Yes. He gets three drafts. And the first one was okay. Jury's still out on it. Yeah. I would also say we have to clean up, talking about drafts, clean up one error from last week's show, Adam. Uh, we said that every single member of the 2018 draft class from Thomas Dimitrov is either out of the league or suspended. Uh, we were talking about Calvin Ridley. Uh, Foyer was drafted in 2018. He was our last draft pick and turned out to be the best player of that class. Yeah, well, I, th- I think we meant like the, the, the first few rounds. We didn't They're specify that. No. But, yeah. yes. But it's, that's crazy to me. Isn't that, isn't yeah. that nuts? Yeah, yeah. I will say that about Thomas. He's able to find every once in a while a good player in the later rounds. Grady Jarrett's fifth-round pick. Foyer's sixth-round pick. Yeah. can't think of any other times that happened. Yeah. But uh, those two uh, give him credit for, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, as much as I shit on Thomas every week. You know what I do like about the Foyer not re-signing him? Hmm. This is kind of what you want with the young guys stepping up. Now Michael Walker's actually going to get a chance to play. Yes. And I think he's, he's going to step in and shine. Yes. Um, Deion Jones, though, Adam, the corpse of Deion Jones will still be here, unfortunately. Yeah, well. Unless we move him, but I don't think we're going to do that. I don't think anyone wants him. No. I mean, I don't know what the hell he's doing out there. I mean, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't blame him for not wanting to be on the Falcons anymore, but the way he played last year, it's not really going to make anyone uh, want to come after you in a trade or something like that. Um, all right, Adam, let's talk about the craziest rumor in Atlanta sports right now. Apparently, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen, the Falcons are a sleeper team in the Deshaun Watson pursuit. I'll start off by saying, obviously, you know, Deshaun has this whole legal thing that he came out of. No criminal charges against him. Could still be civil charges. But it's similar to the Marcelo Zuna moral yes. thing. But I'm just going to push that aside. Okay. We're talking football. Yeah. Purely from a football standpoint. You know, Clemson guy, I love Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. And what he brought to that school, and, you know, his character was unquestioned at Clemson. At Clemson. At Clemson, 100%. And the Atlanta connection I get because Deshaun, when Warwick Dunn was a Falcon, he built a home for Deshaun Watson and his family. Right. And he's kind of been a part of the organization ever since then. Arthur Blank really loves him. And he's a stud on the football field. Yeah, he's, he's a really good quarterback. And I think the city of Atlanta would embrace him if oh, he yeah. was our quarterback. But also, you know, A, if you're a sports writer, you can just make shit up. So that's why I don't care about these rumors. Correct. And B, it's like you'd have to trade three first-round picks to get them, which is the opposite of what we're trying to do. 
And not only would you have to do that, Adam, you'd have to clear about $70 million in cap space to make it work. It doesn't make sense. No. It, it's, it's, it might be the dumbest thing you could possibly do right now for where this team is. I mean, from a pure talent standpoint, we'd love to see Deshaun Watson out there. Sure. From a realistic standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. It would cripple the franchise. You think we got money problems now? We'd be fucked for years. Here's more than we're fucked now. This is how this works. So I think Deshaun Watson's mom's involved in this, and she's like, you need to come home. I don't like what you've been doing. Work done's saying stuff to him too. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Watson is going to pay off Matt Ryan's contract <laughs> with his contract, and he's going to play for us for $4 million just so he can be close to home. Okay. That's the only way this works. That's the only way, yes. And then there's also taking into account uh, Matt Ryan has no trade clause. You would also inherit, like, $40 million or something insane of dead cap space or dead cap... Uh, Deshaun's just going to pay that off. He's going to pay that off. Yeah. Okay. He's going to pay us to come play for us. Okay. Yeah, that's the only way that would work. Apparently, the Browns are pursuing him, the Panthers, the Saints. Um, this isn't going to happen. I figured we just had to mention it. Um... But yeah, I would. Uh, I would be shocked. I would be shocked, and then I would also have a bit of a moral conundrum there um, as well. And then, like you were talking about those, you know, it's like would something like that happen again? And then he's the NFL could also suspend him. We have no idea what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, um, and it's uh, it's a messy situation in every respect, and it's uh, there's like pretty much zero chance of it happening. If it happens. I don't know. I will run down the street. I'll run down LaFrance Street naked for a solid 25 minutes back and forth. Then you're going to have all sorts of legal issues yourself. I will. I will. (laughs) Public exposure. Public urination. I mean, the fact that it is a rumor and, like, he is, like, he is visiting with the Falcons tomorrow. Yeah, no, I mean, a meeting has happened. I put 5% on it. Put 5% on it? Yeah. It would just be a like you would have to do so much shit to make that work, and it just was, from a cap standpoint, it would be insane. We never did our research on the cap, by the way. We didn't, but I do know that <laughs> it would cost around seventy. I read an article in the Falcoholic, and it said it would cost around. You would have to clear seventy million dollars of cap. Well, there's something about cutting Matt Ryan after June first, or trading him, or something like that. But he still has no trade clause, so it's like what you know that gets in, gets into a whole thing. Well, he's not going to want to stay here if Deshaun Watson's here. No, he's not. But there's just there's just another hoop to jump through. Sure. And then it's um, a complicated case. It's a very complicated case. So I don't know. There's that. Um, Zacchaeus is your wide receiver one. We'll we'll leave we'll leave it. Uh, I thought we like non tendered him. Oh, he's still around. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. <laughs> oh yeah, and apparently Deshaun Watson's going to bring his best friends Will Fuller and Allen Robinson. Yeah, how we're affording that, I don't know. Yeah, that's also insane. Also, Will Phil- Will Fuller gets injured so much, and Allen Robinson looked like a husk last year uh, with the Bears, but he just might need to change the scenery. But regardless, it doesn't matter. It's so unrealistic and this, stupid. This could be fascinating to see how it plays out. Yeah, wherever he goes, it'll be an absolute circus. Um. There's your Falcons update. Surprisingly big Falcons update. Surprisingly big Falcons update for March 15th. Yep. Draft is in a month or so. We won't have any information for you because we don't know college football that well. Nope. Nope. Um, nope. So don't look to us for anything there. I don't think anyone ever does. Nope. At this point, if you've been listening to the show, you should know that. 
Uh, it's our fifth year of having no idea who the hell anybody is in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they play for Clemson. Even if they play for Clemson, which you should really have no excuse for that. But um, let's, uh, let's take a quick break, Adam, and hear a nice message from our friends from DraftKings. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Guys, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. All the college basketball tournaments, excuse me, conference tournaments are going on right now. ACC, Big Ten, SEC, Big East, Pac-12, whatever, man. They're all happening right now. It's all leading up to the big dance. Uh, they're going on through Sunday. DraftKings has a ton of contests for all of these conference tournaments. They're going to have a ton of stuff for the for uh, the NCAA tournament. So uh, if you're if you're looking to make some money in college basketball, uh, now's the time to, to to jump in before the big dance starts. Uh, this is the week to do it. Uh, everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, "Who will make it to the next round?" And who will hit the most three pointers? Then track your results. So here's what you got to do: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet five dollars on any college hoops team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Adam. Time to talk about America's team, the Atlanta Hawks, who have finally, somehow. Climb from the depths of hell to get to purgatory at 34 and 34. Yeah. Good for ninth in the East. Screw! Screw! Thank you, Mr. Hawk. Um, I think we still feel pretty similarly to how we've, uh, we've felt about the Hawks for a while, though. They're still just an uh, absolute mess um, as a basketball team who rely on Trey Young to carry them night in and night out, particularly now that John Collins out with the foot issue. With his swollen, his uh, hands all messed up too, right? Yeah, his swollen uh, ring finger. It looks like um, he's an int from Lord of the Rings. It's just this deformed. Uh, guys, his, his his ring finger is so swollen it, it really does not look real. It's messed up. Yeah, it, it looks awful. He in, in that uh, a game earlier last week, he like couldn't grab rebounds. He couldn't shoot very well. He was awful. And so they decided just to say, hey, man, you got to rest up before you come back out here because you're not doing anybody any good and yourself or the team. Um, but the Hawks are winning. They've won their last two games, Adam. The the Pacers game in particular was, was very painful. The Hawks scored like 77 points or something insane in the first half. They were on fire. But then they let the Pacers back in the game and had to score like 131 <laughs> points to win it. It's like 131 to 128. This is still a horrendous team defensively. They have to score 130 points to win, it feels like. And, and the Pacers aren't good. No, they're terrible. They're 23 and 46 yeah. team. And like, they're just dropping. Uh, Halliburton was killing us. They have all these guys I've never heard of, but it didn't matter. I mean, you or me could be shooting threes out there from the corner. I mean, we just leave We could get shots open. up for sure. We could definitely get shots up. Now, I don't know if we're going to make them, but we can get shots up. Unless Okongu was in the area. Okongu would destroy us. I'd be terrified. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then the game last night against the Trail Blazers, same thing. Blazers are an awful team. They were even missing a lot of their best players. 
And we were down like 15 in the first half. Yeah. And like both of those box scores, it's like Trey Young, 45 plus points. He's the first player to put up back to back 45 point games since like Bradley Beal, February 2020. Yeah. Pre COVID. He's the first guy since COVID to put up 45 points back to back games. Trey Young has had. A great season. Yes. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, but that's not sustainable. No. To just have like Trey Young put up 50 points a game, and then it's like Gallinari will get you 12, Herder will get you 12, John Collins is hurt. Um, DeAndre. DeAndre will get you 15 to 20. Right. And just zero defense being played. It's, 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 it's not a fun team. No. Watching that Pacers game was awful. We had uh, driven back home from Florida and recorded the game. Started watching around 9 or something. And I was like, thank God I can fast forward through like commercials at halftime. I was like, this is just not a pleasurable experience watching us just give up wide open three-pointers to everyone. To everyone on the floor. And not play any interior interior defense unless Nkong was out there. It's just the same bullshit. Remember at one point last year when the Braves were like winning every other game and we were saying how the Hawks are in the best shape of all of the franchises. It's amazing how fast that worm can turn. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it does look like we're safely in this stupid playoff crap. Yeah. I think wizards are like five and a half or four and a half games behind us now. So, I mean, I'm yeah. not really concerned about not, um, but like right now it looks know. like we're playing the nets. If it were to end now, which would suck. That's not good. Actually, no. We would play the. T- we would play Charlotte. Nine, ten play each other. Seven and eight play each other. When the seven plays the eight, it's called the seven eight game, and then the nine ten play each other. It's the nine ten game. So, the nine ten. The, the reason for this, I'm assuming, is that the the winner of the nine ten game has to play the number one seed. The winner of the seven eight plays the two, so they get the better draw. So Got it's it. a little bit of a reward that, that way. That makes sense. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we can beat Charlotte. Charlotte's kind of fallen off a little bit after their sort of hot start uh, in um, in 2021. But, yeah, just even if we win that, this team is not consistent enough to to play anyone of note in a seven-game series and win it. They might win a couple of those games. They might put up 130 points and, and win 130 to 125. But there's, there's zero, zero chance of this team doing anything in the postseason that's um, even – anywhere close to what they did last year. Yeah, we got spoiled. And I'm back to the point where playoffs start in April. Yes. I'll probably be more excited about what other whatever random Braves regular season game is going on versus the Hawks game. Yeah. Because you know there's just – it's too late to figure it out. We've talked about can they figure it out, can they figure it out. Um, and then it starts to also make me question Nate McMillan a little bit. I'm not saying you get rid of him. But the shit can't stand next season. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder if they were so desperate to get rid of Lloyd Pierce that a ham sandwich could have walked in there and coached that team and rejuvenated them, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if Lloyd Pierce is the right coach for this team. I think we'll, we'll have a clear picture of that next season. Well, Lloyd Pierce. It's or, not sorry, not Lloyd coach. Pierce. Sorry, Nate yeah. McMillan. McMillan. But that, that's, that's sort of where I'm at right now. Because um, it's a lot of similar things. Um, obviously, the offense is better than any of the Lloyd, than anything from the Lloyd Pierce era to me. Even though he coached that team last season to begin with, the defense is so bad, so bad. 
And it's the same shit. So there's your Hawks update. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. That's what we're known for. That means we're back. That's uh, that's why they uh, pay us the below minimum wage checks. And uh, technically, that's for football. Technically, that's for football. But <laughs> we are primarily a baseball show, even yeah. though we're on the the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, I guess that's your show, Adam. Cool. Yeah. I will always remember Freddie Freeman. Man got me through a lot of uh, bullshit in my life. He was always a shining example of how to be a human on the baseball field. And he seemed like a good guy off the baseball field, too. But that was that was my boy. So, Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see where he signs next week and we'll yeah. talk about him a little more. Yeah, and um, yeah, I really hope when you go to the Braves game this year, you do not boo Freddie. It's your prerogative if you want to, but... He uh, he gave a lot for this franchise in this in this city. Um, he you know bore the horror of the rebuild and got us through the other side and won a World Series. And he was a huge part of winning that World Series. Five home runs in the playoffs, over one thousand OPS. Um, you know he without without Freddie Freeman, you do not win the World Series last year. So um, and you do not you do not stay relevant. Um, you do not come back probably as fast as you did without him either. From, from the rebuild. So, for anyone who's pissed at him or whatever, just just take that to heart. Do with it what you will. We will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the show. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospital Hospital